Um, man, it's good to have y'all here today. And kids, um, really excited that y'all are in here with us. Uh, I don't realize how much I say it until people start making fun of me and then I get self-conscious. I'm going to have a hard time getting through the service. Kids, I am really glad that you're in here. Um, <clears throat> so excited. And, and I wanted to make this fun for you as well. So I'm going to ask questions. There are about four different points where I'm going to ask questions. And for every kid that answers the question, I've got fruit snacks. Parents, I hope you'll forgive me. Um, Y'all can have them save them and eat them later or however you want to handle it. But uh, if, if every kid answers every question, then every kid gets multiple fruit snacks before they go home. So it's not the first kid to get it right. It's every kid that answers. And uh, kid, not kid at heart, but actual like grade school kids uh, for most of these questions. Um, parents, if y'all are really good, maybe on the last one, I'll let y'all get involved for a snack as well. Um, but so kids, be paying attention. We're going to have questions. And when, when you do answer the questions, yell really loud. And then what we'll do is have you just put your hand in the air until somebody gives you a snack. I've got folks spread throughout the audience. Um, so keep your hand up until you get your snack. And when we do that, though, we'll need to be quiet because I'm going to have to keep talking, so otherwise we'd be here all day. So with that, I'm going to start reading the verses that we're going to be covering today. It's Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. If you have your Bibles and want to turn there, or we'll also have it on the screen. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. May God bless the reading of his word. Uh, let me pray, and then we'll dive in. Dear Father in heaven, I pray that you would be gracious to um, help our hearts to understand your word, to learn more about you and to learn more about how you've called us to live uh, in response to the great work that you have done. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this time as we open your word and study it together. Amen. Um, all right, so here's the first question. This is kind of a, a test question, kids, um, but, but yell out loud, and this is going to be the first one we give out candy for. So as loud as you can, whose birthday did we celebrate last week? I heard a lot of good answers. So raise your hand. If you said Jesus, you were right. It was Jesus' birthday. And my helpers, if y'all would just pass out candy as quick as you can. Um, now, not for a treat, um, and, and, but you can answer out loud uh, or maybe raise your hand again. How many of y'all got something on Christmas you were really excited about? One of the reasons we give gifts is to remember Jesus, who was the best gift ever given. So we like to exchange gifts. And um, when you got something exciting, how many of y'all, the first chance you got, went and told your friends about it? Did anybody else go tell their friends or just me? Man, when I get excited, I like to go tell my friends. Um, and I think that's a natural reaction. As people, when we get excited about something, maybe if you've ever seen a really cool movie, you probably wanted to go tell all your friends about the really cool movie. If you've ever uh, gotten a really cool gift, you wanted to tell your friends. Or adults, if you've ever been to a great restaurant for like a date night, um, then you've probably told other people like, man, there's a really great place you should check out. So it's a natural reaction for us to tell others when we experience something that's really great. It's also a natural reaction when we get excited because there's danger to tell others. Think about it. If you knew there was something really dangerous and somebody was heading for it, your natural reaction is, hey, ho, ho, whoa, watch out. 
Don't, don't get in danger there. Like, avoid that. Um, when I think about getting excited and, and warning people, I always think about Gideon, my son. There was a day where he was going to go to the YMCA, but it was closed because there was a convict, a bad guy, on the loose, and the police were scouring the area looking for the bad guy. And so um, Gideon got super excited because there are policemen everywhere, and he loves policemen. Uh, but he also got excited because there's a bad guy. So everywhere he and Kami went the rest of the day, Gideon was telling people, have you seen a bad guy? There's a bad guy on the loose. You better watch out. I mean, he was making sure everybody was aware and looking. Uh, he made Kami call me. So I get this phone call. I was like, Dad, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Dad, there's a bad guy on the loose. Have you seen a bad guy? No, I haven't seen a bad guy. Do you need me to come protect you, Dad? I'll come look for the bad guy. No, we're okay. There's no bad guy. We'll keep an eye out. Um, he got home. He ran into the kitchen, pulled out a drawer, and pulled out. We've got a blender with a, like a plunger thing that pushes everything into the blender. So he pulls that thing out, and a perfect little sword for a young man. And then he dug around. He found a little beater and uh, handed that came. He said, here's your sword, Mama. He's like, now nah, let's go get the bad guy. And he charged out the front door, ran around the front yard looking for the bad guy with a sword. And so his excitement, he knew there was danger to tell people about that they needed to watch out. But he also knew there, there was good news. Hey, the policemen are out and they're looking. And he kept reassuring people like, hey, it's okay. There's hope. The policemen are here. And in a lot of ways, that's so true for all of us. When we see things that we're excited about, either a danger to avoid or something exciting and hopeful to look forward to, we're naturally going to want to tell other people about it. And um, that's, in some regard, what we're going to be talking about today um, and to kind of lead into that, <coughs> excuse me, there is someone who has probably stirred up more excitement and been the cause of more conversations than anyone else in all of history. That would be God's son, Jesus Christ. Um, we see throughout scripture that when people encounter Jesus, they have the response of, of, of giving glory and worshiping and then wanting to tell everybody else about Jesus that they've encountered. Think about it. When Jesus was born, uh, we see in uh, Luke that, that there were a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. The angels had showed up to tell the shepherds, man, Jesus is here. And, and they were worshiping and giving glory to God. We then see when Jesus grew up, uh, when he would heal people, often the reaction was to go and tell others. In one account, Jesus even told two blind men, he warned them, hey, see that nobody knows about this. Don't say anything. But yet the blind men went away and they spread his fame throughout all the land. They had encountered something amazing and they wanted to tell other people about the hope that they found in Jesus. Um, Mary, after Jesus had risen from the dead, Mary had gone to the tomb and uh, the angel was there and said, hey, Jesus has risen. And man, she got excited. So it said she departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Her natural reaction encountering a risen Jesus was to tell others. And then Jesus actually spent some time on earth with his disciples after he had risen from the dead. And um, in Matthew 28, we see the disciples are with him right before he ascends into heaven. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. And then Jesus sent them to go tell, uh, basically to go make disciples in all the nations. So we see throughout scripture, the natural response when people encountered Christ was to want to tell others about it. Um, now, this isn't for a treat, and this isn't a question to answer out loud, but I want you to think about what was it about Jesus to make people so excited and so eager to tell others? The, the answer to that, we would say, is, is the gospel. And for those of y'all that are maybe visiting or if uh, maybe you're not a Christian and you're just coming to learn about Jesus and Christianity, um, let me explain to you real quickly what the gospel is. Um, 
if we look at the whole narrative of, of, of um, our lives and of history, um, we see that God created us for a relationship with him. He created us to be in relationship with him. But at some point or another, we've all chosen to pursue our own glory and our own interests, and we've chosen to be, uh, at some point or another, disobedient to God, and that would be sin. And that sin has caused separation from God, and the result of that is eternal separation and death. Um, but God, in his great love and mercy, loved us so much that he actually has pursued us to, to create an opportunity for us to have a restored relationship with him. So God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came to, to live the perfect life we were never able to live. Um, he, he then um, went to the cross to, to take upon himself the punishment for the sin that, um, that we deserved. So it was punishment we should have received. Wrath is, is God's um, just judgment against sin. And so Jesus took the fullness of God's wrath on himself, died on the cross, uh, was buried, then was in the grave three days, and then rose again, conquering sin and death. And in that, actually created the means through which we could be restored and reconciled back into right relationship with God. And this is great news, guys. Um, it is both the, the, the warning of, of sin and death that we um, uh, have, we're at risk of, but also the hope that Jesus offers that if we uh, believe in him and we confess him as our Lord and Savior, that we can be restored into right relationship with God. And so guys, this is the exciting news that compels everyone that meets Jesus to go tell others, to think that we could be saved from sin and death and we could be restored into right relationship with God is the most exciting news that's ever been told. And that's why whenever people meet Jesus, they wanna go tell others about this great news. Now, today we're gonna talk about how Jesus has called us to let our light shine to others but before we dive into that, I wanna do a little bit of a recap over the last few messages. All of these messages leading up and going through Christmas have kind of had a similar theme. Um, it started with Pastor Aaron. Pastor Aaron talked about the world lies in darkness due to sin and rebellion, and Jesus came into the world to shine as a light to rescue people that were lost in darkness. Uh, Pastor Aaron said it was a declaration of war on darkness, which was a great way to say it. When Jesus entered into earth, it was a declaration of war on darkness, coming to rescue people out of darkness. All right, so here's my next question, kids, for a treat. This is a, a, a question from the Christmas Eve service. See if any of y'all came and any of y'all were paying attention. What historical figure did Pastor Aaron teach about on Christmas Eve? Say it out loud. St. Nicholas. If you said St. Nicholas, raise your hand and let's get treats. And if you kids heard someone else say St. Nicholas, raise your hand and get a treat. He talked about St. Nicholas. And he explained to us that, that St. Nicholas was a real man who loved Jesus. He fought to uphold the deity of Jesus. And St. Nicholas understood that Jesus had called him to also be a light to the world. And so he loved to give gifts so that people would give glory to God our Father who's in heaven. So Pastor Aaron talked about that. And tonight we're going to build on all that. And we're going to talk about as Christians, we are called to let our lights shine for Jesus. So the first point, uh, as we get into this, I want to look back at Matthew 5, 14 through 16. Looking at Matthew 5, 14 through 16, I'm going to highlight a couple of phrases here. He says, it begins, you are the light of the world. And then later on, it says, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works. Now, I don't know about you kids, but for me, when I was younger, that sounded really weighty. 
Like that sounded like a big responsibility. I mean, man, trying to be a light to the whole world, uh, trying to be a light to the whole world is a big task. Um, trying to, to let others see our good works. I thought, man, that means I've got to go do a lot. I don't know if I can do enough good works. How will I know if I've done enough good works? And, and I felt like it was all on me, and I felt really um, worried that I wouldn't be able to please God and do enough works. So the problem was I was misunderstanding um, some really important things, and so hopefully, as we talk through this, we'll help you avoid that same error. It's important to know this, and this is my first point today, guys. Our light shines only as much as we live in the light of Jesus. We're going to look at another verse, John 8, 12, and it says, Jesus spoke to them saying, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So as we understand this verse, Jesus is the light, and as we follow him, we have light. So really, it's Jesus that produces the light. And we look back at Matthew, it says, you're the light of the world, let your light shine before others. We realize, well, that's actually Jesus' light. He's the one casting the light. So we're called to abide with him, to walk with him, to be close to him so that his light can shine in us and through us. Um, As an illustration for what this might be like, um, how many of y'all like to go hiking? This isn't for a treat, but just how many like to go hiking? I like to go hiking, and and I learned really quickly here in the Pacific Northwest, if you go out hiking, you have to have a headlamp because if you happen to not make it out of the woods before the sun sets, it gets dark. Uh, The sun sets, if it's cloudy, there is no light. As a matter of fact, on a recent hike, when uh, we didn't make it out in time and the sun started to set, I took a picture of what it looks like. If they can bring up the picture, that's what it looked like. Without, Without a light, it is just black. You can't see anything. You're lost in darkness. So if you're ever hiking and if you're with a few buddies and your headlamp goes out, this is what it would look like. But if my light goes out, I have learned, because I have had to do this before, if you get right next to somebody else that has a light, you can actually follow them really closely and use their light to get out and make it back to your car, make it back home. Now, when you're following somebody, you hope that you have a good guide. And if they're a good guide, they'll shine their light on the safe path And they will help you avoid all of the pitfalls, all of the rocks, any cliffs, any dangerous things, and they will show you the way to go. Now, if they say, hey, we need to turn right, you don't turn left because then you would be in darkness. If they say go left, you follow them and go left. You don't turn the other way because then you'd be in darkness. And I learned real quickly, if you don't follow the guy with the light, you end up in total darkness and you end up lost. So when you were stuck in the woods, if your light died, do you think you would follow the guy with the headlamp? You'd follow them really closely. Well, similarly, this is kind of how it is with us as Christians. Jesus is the light. He has paved the way. He's going to shine the light, and he's going to tell us what to do to avoid the pitfalls of sin and darkness. He's going to tell us what to do to walk in obedience with God and to remain in the light. And so our responsibility isn't to focus on trying to produce a lot of good works. Our responsibility is to focus on abiding in Jesus, trusting he will shed a light and he will grow the fruit through us. So when we're called to be a light in Matthew, it's really a charge to walk closely with Jesus and to let his light shine in us and through us. So this brings us to our second point, and that's that our light shines so that God gets the glory. Looking at Matthew 5, 16, uh, focusing on the, the last verse there, he says to let your light shine before others so they can see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. It's important to notice that the emphasis here, kids, is on giving God the glory. Now see, most of us are obsessed with our own glory and our own happiness. Think about it, all day long we tend to think about, um, 
the things we want to make us happy. And we tend to think about, am I accomplishing enough? Am I, am I doing well enough in school? Am I doing well enough at work? Am I uh, achieving what I want to achieve? Am I getting what I want? How many Facebook followers I have? How many people retweeted my last tweet if, I'm a, if you're a Twitter tweeter, whatever those people are? We tend to be focused on whether we're getting the attention or recognition that we want uh, but Jesus came to lift our sights, to, to lift our sights off of ourselves so that we could see there is something far greater to be concerned about, and that is the glory of God and letting the glory of God be proclaimed. Now, this is the next question. This one's a little trickier. <clears throat> There's going to be two scenarios, scenario A and scenario B. There's actually not a right or wrong answer, so every kid should be able to get a snack for this one. Um, I'm going to lay out the two scenarios first, and then we'll ask which A or B you would, if you'd be A or B. But scenario A, would you rather be the main character in a home movie? Picture taking your iPhone, shooting a little 30-second video of you and putting it on Facebook, and maybe 25 or 50 of your friends see it. That would be scenario A. Or scenario B, you get called and you get to be a stormtrooper in Star Wars. You're just some random unnamed star trooper. No one's ever going to know who you are, but you would get to be a part of the making of the movie and a movie that's going to touch the world and people from every country are going to see this thing. So would you rather be main character in your own Mickey Mouse little video or a stormtrooper in Star Wars? Airbnb, which one? I'm hearing a lot of stormtroopers. Now, anybody, A or B, either way is okay. But I think for most of us, we'd much rather be a part of something that's big and significant that's going to impact the world. So kids, if you raise your hand until you get a snack just so they know where to pass them out. But most of us, we'd want to be a part of something significant. Well, if we think about our life and then we think about God's plan that he has had from the beginning of time for his glory to be proclaimed, it is way better to be caught up in God's story and proclaiming his glory than it is to be running around about our little story. Um, there's something far more exciting than our lives, and that's the life of Jesus um, and, and to proclaim the glory of God and his redeeming work through Jesus. And I hope that y'all can see that difference and uh, recognize what it means to let your light shine for others so they can see the glory of God. Um, there's a verse that I think explains this really well. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. And I've just taken a few pieces of this. It's not in the entire passage, uh, but this really brings home the point. Christ reconciled us to God and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. So there's this really fascinating thing where God sent his son to redeem us. And then once he redeemed us, he said, hey, now you go spread the message. You go tell people about the great work I've done in your life. Shine my light. Tell people what I've done for you. Tell people I've redeemed and restored you back into a right relationship with God. So we're now ambassadors. We now represent the king and get to go share his message and his good news with others. Um, and we have someone in the church who really gets this. Um, there's a boy named Austin Langford. Austin, you here today? Austin, right up front. Austin has understood the excitement that it is to be an ambassador. Uh, he's nine years old, and man, he has a passion to tell others about Jesus. Um, he's been telling friends about Jesus and the gospel. Uh, he's been telling some extended family that don't yet know Jesus. Um, he even, his mom sent me a text on Christmas Eve. He wrote a letter to Santa uh, that was basically saying, Santa, um, I don't know if you know this, but we celebrate Christmas because it's Jesus' birthday, and I want to tell you about Jesus. And he shared the gospel with Santa in his note on Christmas Eve. 
And so he had written a paper or a book uh, for school. He goes to a not a Christian school, but just a public school, and he wrote a paper called How to Become a Christian. And he asked if he could interview me, and I went and met with him to talk about what it was like to be a pastor. And um, I was so excited about the passion that he has and his simple faith and his joy in sharing the glory of God that um, I asked him to come here so I could interview him. And we put it into a brief video that I wanted to share with you guys so that you could see the joy and the excitement of Austin, one of our young evangelists here at the church. So with that, let's play the video and... uh, Hopefully you can uh, enjoy and appreciate this as much as I do. Hi, my name is Austin. I wrote a book of how to become a Christian, and I would like you to hear it. Here it is. To become a Christian is to believe Jesus died for your sins. I've been a Christian for a long time. I felt like there was somebody to watch me. There was somebody to support me in my worst days. The good thing about being a Christian is you can pray to God and ask him for forgiveness. I feel terrible when I sin and then I ask God to forgive me. And I feel like I was a truck full of sins. But after when I ask God for forgiveness, I feel as light as air. There is a verse that I will never forget and that verse is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son For whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What that means to me is God loved the whole world that he gave his son Jesus to die for us. Being a Christian has never hurt me. Being a Christian really made my life a lot better. I think you would love to be a Christian. And why I think that is it really helped me. You can ask for forgiveness and he will always be there for you. Please spread the good news and teach others. Maybe teach your parents something new. It will be fun and God will help you through everything tough. The awesome thing is that you can be born again in God's Holy Spirit and have eternal life forever. When God comes down to the earth one day, there will be no sin. There is no sinning in heaven. God's kingdom is full of children. When you go to heaven, it will be great. The Bible, God's book, and you can read verses like John 3, 16, God made the earth just by saying sentences and love your fellow Christians and love your enemies like your fellow Christians. God will always be with you. When you die, you will go to heaven if you are a Christian or at least believe Jesus died and took away your sins. Sin is something you do bad. Sin is something you think, say, do that displeases God and makes him sad. Jesus to me is the savior of the whole wide world. He just helped everybody by dying on the cross we don't have to pay the consequence um when i first noticed that god died for my sins that i felt joyful but also i feel sad that um some people won't be in heaven with with me i feel like i can spread the news to some people and it can expand and at least spread the news as much as i can I feel excited when I'm an ambassador. An ambassador is somebody who represents the king and is the king for sharing the message. And it's really cool to represent the king of the universe. God does want you to share the gospel that Jesus died for your sins um, to be taken away so you don't have to be take the punishment. It's like a candle when a candle is dark and then there's another candle that lights it. It's like that, and it's like the domino effect, and it can always be spread out as news that God will always 
be there for you and he died for your sins. Pretty awesome, isn't it? Man, um, Austin gets it, man. Now, I know y'all might be thinking if you're listening to the video and what he said, well, yeah, it's easy for him. He's been a Christian a long time. Um, but, but some of you have been Christians even longer. And I know I've talked with some of y'all and you'll say, man, I, I've got this neighbor or this person at work or this person God's put in my life. And I, man, I, I, I feel like I, God wants me to share the gospel, but I'm really nervous and I'm afraid. And I, I pray that if that's the case for any of you, uh, that you would remember Austin's just precious childlike faith and just the joy he's having. He is not worried about his glory. He is so caught up in the glory of God and what God has done for him that he wants others to know. He wants people to know there is a big danger to be aware of, but there is a greater hope to take joy in. And because of that great excitement and joy, he can't help but share with others. I hope that as a church, we would all catch a little bit more of that. Um, <clears throat> if we look about uh, our last year as a church, you know, it was a replant year, and we had come out of just an incredibly difficult year prior to that. And, and so last year, in many ways, was a time for us to focus um, inward and just to, to really uh, make sure that we were getting healthy and getting reestablished. And, and that's an okay thing. It's an important thing to, to get healthy and get your feet back under you, so to speak. Um, but man, I hope and pray that as we head into the new year that, that uh, we would just increasingly look outward at chances to share the gospel and really be thinking intentionally about how God would call us individually and corporately to be a light to the people that God's put in our communities and uh, in our lives around us. Um, I really hope that as a church, we would be a church that shines the light into a world of darkness. So heading into kind of our next point here, the question that all of this raises is practically, what does this look like? Uh, we've kind of said point one, our light shines only as much as we live in the light of Jesus. So we need to walk with Jesus closely. We've said point two, that our light shines so that God can get the glory. So if that's the case and we're called to be a light, what does it look like to live as a light well, I would say, first of all, we should live with confidence. Uh, all right, so if there's enough treats left, and I think there probably are, this is for kids, adults, everybody. If you get this one right, raise your hand, and we'll pass the stuff out. See who was listening earlier in the service. What happens if you don't follow the guy with the headlamp? If you said you get lost in darkness, raise your hand, or anything close to that, raise your hand, and you get a treat. If you don't follow the guy with the light, you get lost in darkness. Well, guys, when we think about living with confidence, when we're called to be a light, and try and be quiet so I can keep going. <coughs> Excuse me. We should live with confidence because Jesus is the light, and he is a good guide. He is going to show us where the pitfalls are. If we walk closely with him, he will show us the, the right path. He'll show us how we should walk, and he will give us light, and he will be the light in us and through us. And So guys, first and foremost, we should live with confidence because Jesus is our light. Secondly, we should live with humility because it's not about our glory. It's about God's glory. And man, as a church, I pray that we would never be a place where, where people that come that don't know Christ would feel unwelcome. Uh, we should never act cocky or unapproachable. We're no better than anyone else. If it was not for the blood of Jesus, we would all be just as lost in darkness as anyone else. 
As a church, uh, we need to live with intentionality. And as individuals, we need to live with intentionality. Um, We need to be actively engaged in following Jesus. As it said in John 8, he's the light of the world. Whoever follows him will not walk in darkness. Well, that means you have to be following him. That's an active thing. You can't just sit by passively um, saying you've heard about him, but you're an active follower with him. So we should live with intentionality. And we should live with words and deeds. Um, perhaps some of y'all have heard the phrase like, share the love of Jesus and if necessary, use words. Uh, and I get what people mean. It's this idea that, man, we should live uh, with such love towards others that it would make them kind of pause and say, man, something's different about this guy. Uh, but, but that's only half the job, guys. We've got to share with words as well because they need to know about Jesus. They need to know about the, the darkness, uh, the, the death that they are in danger of experiencing, eternal death separate from God, but the hope that Jesus offers. They need to know about the reconciling work that Jesus has done. They need to know the gospel. So we need to share the gospel with words. Guys, the gospel is exciting It's a warning about danger, but it's also pointing people to something that's great. And the more we understand just how amazing the gospel is, how amazing the work that Jesus has done is, the more we will be compelled to share with others. Quoting uh, the great young evangelist, Austin Langford, uh, for any of y'all that aren't Christians, um, I would quote him and say, I think you would love to be a Christian. He'll always be there for you. Uh, For those of y'all that are Christians, and to quote several more things from Austin, uh, please spread the good news. You can spread the news to some people and it can expand. Man, spread the news as much as you can. And I agree with Austin. I'm excited to be an ambassador. It is really cool to represent the king of the universe. Church, we have a glorious God. So we're actually gonna take time now to respond and to have a time of worship, to worship this glorious God that we serve. Um, The first thing that we're gonna do in our time of response is respond with a time of giving. So if the financial stewards would come forward, um, they're gonna collect an offering. If you are visiting today, please know there is nothing expected, no obligation for you to give. You're you're welcome to if you'd like, Um, but this is really a call to worship for the people that call this church home so that they can help support the furthering of the work of the ministry and the work God's doing here. While they are passing the offering, uh, I'm going to give you a few questions or uh, d- discussion points to kind of follow up with with your community group or that you can chew on on your own. Um, number one, considering Matthew 5, 14 through 15, are you hiding the light that Jesus has given you or are you living as a city on a hill so that all can see? Considering Matthew 5, 16, do your good works cause people to give glory to God or to yourself. And then number three and four aren't really questions as much as they are uh, action items for you to chew on. Number three, list the people that God has called you to be a light to and discuss specific ways you can seek to be a light to them. And then number four, go share the gospel with them. Actually go share the gospel. I know it's a novel idea, especially some of you maybe have been nervous saying God's put the person in my life and I just don't know what to do. Be obedient. Just go share the gospel. Trust that Jesus will do the work he wants to do. The key for you is to walk in obedience. Some prayer points. Uh, pray that you would walk closely with Jesus and that his light would shine and uh, shine through you. Uh, pray that you would live humbly but boldly for God's glory. Pray that you would live with intentionality, gospel intentionality. 
And then pray that God would grant you opportunities to share the gospel with others and that his glory would be proclaimed. So in addition to these points, uh, and as you chew on those and pray on those, we're actually gonna move into a time of communion and a time of singing. The band's gonna lead some songs and the, the communion servers will be coming forward here in a moment so that you can come forward and take communion. And when we take communion, it's a reminder of us of the great work that God has done to reconcile us to himself. It reminds us that Jesus came and went to the cross on our behalf and his body was broken and his blood was shed. So as you take the bread and you dip it in the wine or the juice, um, as your conscience allows, it reminds us of Jesus's broken body and his blood that was shed and, and how that was done on our behalf so that the payment for our sins could be handled so that we could be brought back into a right relationship with God. As, as we say with Didion, Gideon, uh, Jesus knits our hearts back together with God. And so for those of y'all that are Christians, please come forward and take communion. Uh, and then for those of y'all that aren't Christians, I would ask you to abstain um, or surrender your life to Jesus. Acknowledge him as Lord and Savior and come forward today for the first time and let your first act of worship be to take communion with us. Um, so with that, I'm gonna pray while the communion servers get in place. Uh, if I could ask you to stand and then we'll continue to stand through the worship. Let me pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for your amazing and glorious grace. I pray that you would so um, stir our hearts with an understanding of just how glorious your grace is in our lives that we would be so affected that we couldn't help but to share with everyone else. I pray, Lord, that we would indeed be lights that go into the darkness and to share with others the hope that your son uh, brings to us. I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified and much would be made of your name. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.